Okay, so fam, here we go with an all-time favorite episode of mine here on Ceremony Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Shaman, and the author of the best-selling book, Animal Power, Allison Charles. And today, joining me is Daniel Duran, a sound wizard plus body plus energy worker here to assist in the evolution of humanity by being a guide to remembrance of the supernatural self. After being struck by lightning twice and finally having the space created from sobriety and plant teachers, Daniel was able to hear his calling and was initiated as a weather worker from central Mexico. His work in this lineage is to sustain and raise awareness around having good relationships with the natural elements, especially the rainwaters. And I cannot wait for you to meet Daniel today. So I don't actually want to do much of an intro. We obviously get into all things around him being struck by lightning, around what weather working is. We talk powerful stories and experiences of animal guide initiations. I actually do a live power animal reading with and for Daniel. He very generously and vulnerably allows me to do, and he shares his super unique healing style with us today. I call it the zip zaps. His term that he calls what he does is human tuning. I've experienced it myself while sailing around the Caribbean Sea, and it is so epic. And I also want to note, be sure to stick around to the very end of the episode because Daniel closes out our ceremony circle time today with a beautiful medicine song of the elements allowing every part of your body to connect with an element there is once in a lifetime shamanic storytelling medicine shared here today soul fam so if you receive anything beneficial from sitting around the fire with us today please consider sharing about your positive experience and rating and reviews on apple or spotify podcasts and you might want to get extra comfy and super kick back and relax of this episode of of when lightning strikes twice shamanic stories from a weather worker with daniel duran here we are daniel hello hi ellison are you taking a peek at my notes a little bit yeah. I was like, <laughs> like, what are we about to get into did you see anything you want me to stop <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm all good. I, was just so, like, I saw you look, so I was like, what is she looking at? <laughs> so funny. I've been so looking forward to this day. And, you know, in that little brief prayer tune-in time that we just did, I was taken back to our time we shared on a boat vacation, sailing the seas of the Caribbean. And Oh, my God. Oh, wow. What a blessing that was, right? So epic. So epic. Those waters, just so special, unique, the codes, the transmissions. I remember, I think it was on one of our first stops, we landed in so many different coves in the British Virgin Islands, and I guess a little bit in the U.S. Virgin Islands too. I think it was on our first stop. There were so many rainbow medicines, and it was a rainbow activation place for me at that first stop. And in fact, we'll get into it in a little bit, but that was the cove with the goat. So I think that was one of our first, right? One of our first yeah. stops. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's so much I look forward to being able to chat with you about today because you bring a lot of unique medicine. You've walked a really beautiful shamanic path. And I guess you could label it all shamanic path. I was just about to say, and before you started walking the shamanic path, a really beautiful other type of path as well. But I guess when you go zoom out to the ultimate big picture, it's all the shamanic path. It's all included, right? <laughs> it's all training. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was trying to remember, when did we first meet? Do you remember? I had to have been here in Austin, I believe, 
a year ago, maybe. Well, do you think it was at like a, one of the gatherings here? I think it was uh, maybe Colin and Christie's, perhaps. Colin and Christie's. I was really trying to place. I was wanting to track back to our very first time we met, and I was struggling to find. That's interesting. It's also not ultra clear for me either. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know how we met. We don't know how we know each other. But here we are today on Sarah. Here we are Sarah. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there was definitely that kind of essence in meeting you that here we are again, you know, there is some sort of a familiarity yeah. for me with you and likewise. And I do remember at one of the gatherings we were both at when you were telling me some story about one of your trips, like I started crying and I'm like, I have no idea why I'm crying. And you're like, it's cool. Like clearly there's something in it for us, you, me. I find when I'm with fellow shamans and medicine people, like moments like that are, are not uncommon not at all yeah i was just like okay she gets it <laughs> yeah yeah i just like we're in the middle of a room with like 80 people at someone's house and i'm like sobbing with daniel like <laughs> hilarious so yeah when you first arrived here today and i gifted you the animal powered deck i was just like of all people i know daniel should have this deck because you have such a strong connection with animal guides yeah Big time. I want a team. It's like the human family, counterparts, components, friends, relatives, support, assistance. Most times when I do interviews on other people's shows and I start to talk about my first connection points with the power animal realm and just how they've supported me, I'm typically crying again because I feel in so many ways they like save my life. Yeah, mm. same. And you mentioned the goat. Well, it's interesting. The first one I wanted to honor today was the scarab. Mm. So the scarab was the first to appear to me in a lucid dream and mid-afternoon nap on a bright sunny day, just like today. Right at the beginning of the summer, actually. That's I feel like why perhaps I was drawn to bring this forward. And I all of a sudden in this dream, I'm in Egypt. I'm just walking through what I feel is a pyramid, but everything was different. The light and the frequency and the colors on the wall and the hieroglyphics were all painted. And it was just this whole, there wasn't a bunch of sand and dirt everywhere. It was fresh. It, it was, was fresh. Like, I was there. Yeah. And then I remember coming to this doorway and looking at the doorway and there's the sun disc and right underneath it is a golden scarab just as a hieroglyph. I'm looking at this and then all of a sudden I'm getting pulled out of my daydream and this scarab is just flying up to me and lands on my stomach Ooh, yo, yo, I feel in it. the room and so I was like what is this it was just a connection I had this is pre-work I mean again I'm in the trenches at this point I'm training were you still in some of your addictions at this point yeah okay. it was a tail end of the first run maybe still a year left in it but so there was like the daytime nap was important because mm. I was regenerating in some different way. You know, maybe I was lacking sleep. I would say yes, that I was lacking sleep. Yeah. And I was like, wow, daytime nap. But I went into a deep, visionary, lucid state. And I'm in Egypt, and I'm in this beautiful doorway, all these colors and hieroglyphs and the scarab. I'm looking at this golden scarab, and it just flies into the room and wakes me up. And it's on my stomach. Wow. And it stayed there. And it let me pick it up, and I'm holding it. And I ended up going to the kitchen and cutting an apple for it. And it was eating the apple. Oh my gosh. And it's so beautiful. This is a new story for me. Yeah. And literally, I left it by the window sill and it was teaching me something. So, what it did was it, it would eat almost a whole wedge of this apple and then it like rolled over and almost like it passed out. And it was like that for a few hours and it flew away and it came back the next day and I gave it an apple again and it did the same thing. It ate it all again and passed out. So, I think what it was teaching me was like, you're overloading something. 
in your body right now. And the result is the schluffing over. And the result is the schluffing over. And so like, again, I'm looking into the scare of like, what does this symbolize? What does this mean? Death and rebirth. I was definitely the tail end of a death that I was experiencing. And so lucky to come out of the other side of that in the light in some way in a new chapter. And then, you know, there was more training after that. But that was the first. The scarab was the first. And the second, mm. the second was the goat. And before we get into goat territory, <laughs> that'll probably be a big one. The scarab was also, I think, the very first one wow, for me. Wow, okay. Interesting. And I didn't know that for you, but it makes sense. And as we're feeling clearer and clearer of our, like, time of knowing one another, probably in Egypt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, the, yeah, the scarab was a biggie for me and I think I've told this maybe one other time on Ceremony Circle but just brief synopsis it was a huge portal gateway opener for me life changer for me because the scarab taught me I basically went into my favorite metaphysical shop in midtown Manhattan and I was with a fellow healer much older gentleman osteopath and I was pulled to the Egyptian section, pulled right to all the scarab talismans. And I was reaching in and like tuning into each one to see which one was meant for me and that I should get from my life and altar. And as I reached into this one, as soon as I held it in my hand, I, I tossed it back into the bin. And he was like, what happened? And I was like, the second that I held that particular one, it nearly collapsed me to the wow. ground. Like a heaviness? Yes. Wow. It felt like an anchor. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, a palm-sized scarab talisman. It literally felt like an anchor wow. just wanting to collapse me onto Whoa. the floor. And so I told him that. I'm like, so clearly that needs to go back in the bin. And I went to reach for a different option. And he put my friend, the osteopath, put his hand on my arm and said, well, no, just hold on a minute. I was like, well, what? He's like, maybe that's the exact medicine that you need. And I, oh, no, 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 that can't be. Didn't you hear me the first time? It almost collapsed me to the ground, to the floor. And he said, (laughs) and maybe that's the exact medicine that you need. And so finally, and him saying to me again, then I let myself pause and do a proper feel into that. And in me closing my eyes just briefly in front of this Egyptian section in the store and with my friend holding that support, I just started to see I had this huge awakening of how I had been resisting the energetics of earth and how I had been so in resistance to the gravitational powers and essentially resisting the medicines of the planet I'm walking upon. And I had never been in a conscious connection that I was doing that. That was a blind spot for me. And so it sounds like such a small story, like, oh, in a metaphysical shop in Midtown Manhattan, but like that unlocked almost everything for me because I ended up taking that scarab home with me, the one that wanted to collapse me to the floor. And it was my teacher for I mean, still to this day, it taught me how to open myself up to being in equal parts balance of the energetics of Gaia and great spirit and helped me get into healthy embodiment and was really a supporter in a lot of like earthly ways that I needed. So I'm grateful that we were both able to honor Scarab on this day. Yeah, same, 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 same. Mm -hmm. How does this stuff happen, right? It's like a weighted Scarab, an energetic that's like teaching you something just from like picking it 
up at another physical shop. Yeah. Right. To like a scarab landing on my stomach to like feeding it an apple to be able to teach me that I'm consuming too much of something and it's just like schlepping me over. Mm -hmm. Right. These little codes, these little teachings that they have for us. Unlock major life changing. Major life changing. Yeah. The whole trajectory shifts. Yes. Right. My entire life changed. Yeah. The topping of my experience was even more fascinating because I went deep into Egyptian study. I was already in Egyptian study at this time. I was at the Applied Arts Center at San Diego State and I was creating studio furniture based on ancient Egyptian geometry. So I was like, reading a lot of ancient Egyptian esoteric manuscripts and all these things. And then I find this Carl Jung case study that I'm reading, like just several case studies. I find this book and he's talking about in New York City, he's having counsel with a woman, asking her about her life, whatever they're processing. And she goes into a lucid state as she's telling him like what's going on. She's going in and out and she's like, all of a sudden, I feel like I was in ancient Egypt and I came up to this door and there's a sun and there's a scarab and she passes out and Carl Jung notes this, that a scarab flies into the room and lands on her. So I was like, what? I was like, what came to me at that point was like, that woman was in Egypt like me. Whoa. This is making me belch. I've belched a couple <laughs> of times in this. Whoa. So again, yeah, I think that you're spot on. We're like, okay, look, how does this work? Right? We're trying to figure it out. We're remembering. Right, know? right. Yeah, we're we're, remembering. We had all these other experiences with the, you know, with these animals, with these counterparts, and they come in and as guides, right? As, you know, this whatever coding through whatever firmaments they arrive through yes the firmaments <laughs> oh my gosh Woo! feeling feeling it in my heart center and in my belly wow oh thank you scarab friend thank you for all the guys that help us to remember yeah thank you yeah and so fast forward a lot and maybe we'll be able to circle back because I know your journey through addiction and into sobriety is a huge part of your path as well. But I want to stay in animal land right now. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot I'm to cool with that. Yeah, I'm yeah. Cool with that. <laughs> yeah. So your deep potent connection to the animal realm activated before you're fully awakened into your spiritual truths and what your calling and path really is here. And then you told me in one of our times chatting here in Austin that the goat was really meaningful for you. So I guess let's start with you just bringing folks in that are joining us a little bit on that connection point. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up and bringing that forward and asking. It is. It's a huge guide for me. A little bit of background before I met the goat was my first dieta in Peru. My first ceremony with Aya was March of 2014. And then I had this like hyper effect happen where it was like, Oh, my God, I'm healed. Everybody follow me. And then it's like, Haha, that's not gonna happen. So what happened after that when I had like another just like face plant after the first ceremony was like this deep calling to go to the jungle. I was like, well, okay, there's something bigger happening here. So let me just go. And I really know what a proper detox was on how many layers I needed to mm. detoxify. Yeah. So I worked with several plants down there, one of which was uh, Yarwapanga, which was just two little leaves of a small little plant about this tall, crushed up into some water. And 
like almost like a wheatgrass shot and I proceeded to vomit for five hours straight. Went through like three five gallons of water, five gallon garrafones. Wow. Yeah, I just kept cleaning me, cleaning me, cleaning me, cleaning me, cleaning me. So along with other plants I'm working with, something happened to my dream time space that I hadn't had in so long. I don't remember like the last time I'll dream so vividly. So at the end of the diet, I was like just in dreamland. I was like, wow, like so many different layers of active dreaming. Like I know I'm dreaming. I'm just, wow, this is amazing. New territory. I'm remembering. And a friend invited me to back in California now a friend invited me to Grass Valley and she's facilitating a shamanic drum journey with an intention to meet your power animal. Mm, sounds familiar. <laughs> I think I might have facilitated one or 10,000 of those. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Listen for the callback beat. <laughs> yeah. Return fully to your bodies now. So I showed up to Grass Valley CA. Yeah, just curious. Okay, like, what is this all about? She explains a few things, what we're going to do and intentions and beat of the drum connected to the cadence of your heart. And I'm going to guide you to a redwood tree and you're going to get into a hole in the ground. I'm like, this all sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, one started happening once I was free falling through what I could only describe as this like wormhole of purple light, flashing violet light mm. is where I'm like flying Ooh, through. Got the chills on that. It was at the point where I was like, I don't know if I could be making this up. Like there was parts of me that was like, is this my imagination? Am I just going crazy? Like what's going on here? Mm -hmm. To all of a sudden like falling out of this wormhole and just sprinting in a forest, sprinting, sprinting. And all of a sudden I just start seeing flashes of light and I start seeing these cypress trees and big white rocks that I had never seen before just coming out of the ground. Mm -hmm. And I started slowing down and I was like, what is going on? Like I have a blindfold on, you know, I have a bandana on and I'm like, okay, something's up here. You know, I'm in some sort of alternate space. Maybe is there medicine kicking back in? I wasn't sure what was mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting that even in your very first shamanic drum journey, you were able to be journeying, have some cognitive thoughts get back into the journey like you were able to traverse pretty easily yeah i noticed that too well now in hindsight and reflecting on that definitely the same i have the same things like, oh okay like you know, <laughs> yeah. now i get to teach about that yeah. like use my own experience and it's helpful for other people yeah. to like yes use your wild imagination it's part of it right mm -hmm. and so the first thing i sense that something is coming towards me out of the bushes out of around that tree and it's a little white goat what and this little beautiful white goat walks up with little horns and it just is like playful and it just like follow me like just kind of signal me to follow him and he takes me out to this vista of this like beautiful ocean and I remember just looking around and seeing like this beautiful like flat top mountain all these like crevices in it and just this like turquoise blue sea I was just like this is wild and so we come out of that and I'm like journaling like okay we're gonna go back into the space again after a break ask for a healing was the second part and then this time it was even more wild than the first time it like happened again very quickly I'm in the space again and then the white goat morphs into this goat man figure like mythological creature that had a goat head and it had like all these little straps and little packets of things all these little, little, medicine, little pouches. medicine pouches yeah and like <laughs> starts giving me medicine and Whoa. has me sit on this like rock altar and then all of a sudden these I didn't know what they were it looked like something out of like what all I can think was like Chewbacca at, like in Star Wars because it was like very hairy animals with horns 
And later I find out there are these mountain goats with like long hair, like very long, like shaggy hair. And they come up to the altar and they're circling around me. And there's this like white goat medicine man now like doing a procedure on me. And yeah, those are two main points mm. of the journey. What was part of the procedure about? What was he helping to facilitate or heal for you? Well, there's a few things he showed me. Work on my vision, use olive oil. He showed me like an olive tree with make it an olive oil and put the olive oil in your eye it was like telling me to do that to clear something and it felt like an energetic upgrade is what i can recall of looking back at it now like what i can decipher of like what it was about it was stepping into a next phase of me in my work here and my visionary spaces especially so it felt like a clearing around that we're like okay we're gonna help you open this up so to create a bridge here to reality and the potency of this work and the ways that these medicines collaborate with and assist in helping people is that in my experience, two months after that, I'm actually on a trip in Europe in the physical, went Italy, France, Turkey, beautiful trip. And I went to the Louvre in Paris and I remember I was like eating a croissant. <laughs> As one does, as at, one the does at the Louvre, right? I'm like tourist with the crumbs all over I me. I will take the croissant. And <laughs> croissant. And out from around this corner appears a white goat. Exactly the same. So in physical form. In physical form. It's the he is same. no longer journeying. I'm no longer journeying. I'm fast forwarding a bit. There may be some ping pong in here, but just hold me down. Stay with the goat story. I'm staying with the goat story. It's still the goat story. So I knew at that moment, I was like, okay, something's up. Like, I feel like I am on track now. Yes. Like something is guiding me. This goat is appearing into the same exact goat that I saw on that journey two months ago in Grass Valley, California. What is the goat doing? It's interesting. It's like the lawnmower. It's like, it has this little chain on it, like a long chain and like basically just eating all the grass in this little part of the and there's one of like the outdoor areas. So I'm like, hmm, okay, noting stuff down. And then I just knew like, I was like, something is opening up at this moment. Like I'm at the Louvre, this like the center of like art and creativity and just like more notes, right? I'm just like trying to decipher what's going on. And the next trip was down to Turkey. And you know, this is maybe a week later on the Southern coast in a town called Kabak. And this is where the Lycian Trail, and it's very rich in the mythology of all of the stuff, all of like the Trojan War and like Apollo's Oracle is in this sand dune beach area, like down the way. It's like all of these different like mythological components. Pretty power pack zone. Power pack zone. We get this eco lodge room on the side of this mountain. And I get the keys to the room and I get to the staircase and I look to my right and, and there's literally a wooden statue of a goat man. Wow, the goat man, goat medicine man the now. The goat medicine man is at the foot of the staircase. Oof. And I'm like, okay. Oh, chills again. <laughs> my God, I, for those watching the video, my hair is oh, standing <laughs> full up right now. Wow. That's okay. a good one. Yeah. Good truth bumps there. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I got to go out on a hike. Like something's up. Something is up right yeah. now. And I end up doing it and it was the wildest, wildest. It was like, I just start hearing this like, meh, meh sound. And I'm like, I'm walking through this ravine that kind of like, go up to the right. So I'm out, you know, there's like a little like valley, like canyon thing. And like across the ravine are three shaggy mountain goats. The same exact ones that were circling me around the altar in the journey two months ago. Wow. And they're looking at me, calling at me. They're like, follow us. And I'm like, I'm just like 
I don't know what's going on. I'm like, what? I'm just going to go with it because this is awesome. And also like curious. I'm like, what is over there? You know? Yeah. And the chances of this happening are what? Point zero, 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 whatever. <laughs> or. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so after a hike, these goats just like talking to me like, ma, 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 ma. like just keep going, keep going, keep going. We come to a point where it's like we're together again. And then they just kind of were like, okay, here it is. And I'm like, what and I just like I literally like go through some bushes and I just find this the most pristine secret waterfall and little pond and there was a tree growing out of the pond it looked like a woman mm. like just laying on her back Ooh. and God, I was I'm just like, like getting blasted I'm getting the zip zaps <laughs> over here <laughs> and so it was the message was like get in the water Oof. and I was just like again it was like it felt like this like touch point mm -hmm. activation that I got guided to with allowance mm -hmm. and you know just following the trail following the path of like okay like I'm seeing the signs now so keep going right like did you feel clear that these waters had some codes yeah, some transmissions for sure for and you? even at that point I was like what six months into medicine work at that point I was hyped up on stuff like that but I wasn't like I didn't really know what it was right but as like I review now like these experiences I'm like whoa okay that was something mm -hmm. right there that was something real special in my life that helped me with something mm -hmm. it coded me with some sort of information healing information yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oof. Okay, so now you guys are getting to understand a little bit more of power of Daniel's connection with animal guides, specifically the goat. And I know that you have additional goat stories, but if it feels in good flow to now go to the British Virgin Islands. Let's do it. Let's head to the BVIs, <laughs> shall we? So as I said at the top of our discussion, what, a couple months ago, I guess, Daniel and I and a group of our friends, we were able to go on a boat called the Twin Flame. Shout out to Christy and Colin for that invitation. Yes, thank you, friends, for having us. It's their boat. And yeah, we just had such an incredible time. And one of... Our first stops as we voyaged around these islands at this one particular cove, a small group, for the most part, like we were all going on hikes together and doing things as like a whole unified group. But I remember for whatever reason on this stop, there was just about half of you all that decided to go onto the island to get off the boat and go on land and go on this hike. And then the other half of us decided to stay on the boat, swim in the water, whatever. What was that thing that you guys were riding around on? Oh, was it foil board. Yeah, do yeah. the e-foil board, which I did not do, but I watched Daniel and Joshua do and Colin. So you were one of the folks that decided to go on this hike and go. Wait, no. Yeah. I wasn't on the initial hike to where they oh, found. Okay. I was on the sort of the medical team that they went on the second, the second oh, hike. okay oh i didn't realize i thought mm -hmm. you were on the first trip so wait were you on the first no, trip no you weren't either neither oh, one of us okay, were okay, okay so so basically some of our friends that went on the island can't i'm not a firsthand storyteller of this because i wasn't on this hike but they came upon maybe you could tell a little bit better i don't yeah, know so they, it was a, a very young female goat that had a stillborn litter and she was not doing yeah. well when they encountered her it seemed like it was maybe premature too early yeah she was the mama goat was really struggling appeared pretty close to transitioning 
And yes, I, I'm not sure the number of little baby goats that she had birth prematurely, but from what we were told, they were super, super tiny. They were small. They were maybe like that big. Okay, yeah. so about like five inches. Maybe five inches or yeah. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they come back, they get back to the bow, obviously pretty ranging emotions from distraught to very upset, moved to tears. Like people were really feeling the gravity and magnitude of coming upon a scene like that. And so as they're sharing this with us, I knew I was to stay on the boat. I just knew I was like, I'm not supposed to go. You felt a different call and instruction. You felt the call to go, right? Because it was decided, you know, just to go see if there's anything that can be done. And so if you could then share the next chapter of the story. Sure. So yeah, a group of us went back. It was already getting close to dark. It turned dark while we were there, actually. It was an interesting part where it was like that dusk energy, right, from like the light to dark happened at the moment where I was, where we came upon her. And yeah, it was difficult for me too. It was a lot to feel. She was in a lot of pain. And we helped move her to a new spot. And there she was very tense, like just like, and her shape was painful. So there was flies all over her everywhere. So amongst the energy of the group, there was a few people doing different things, two women assessing if they could help her. I can't remember exactly what had, there was something had ripped, they were going to try to, it was a lot to witness. I was called to do was just place my hand on her head and try to help, started rubbing her neck, you know, I just felt this like constricted energy and brought a few tuning forks with me and I started playing, I started frequencies and she finally was able to, through all of us connected and our force together, she was finally able to lay down. And just, I realized the moment where she was like, oh, she accepted. She's calm now. She moved through the pain. And we were trying to figure out if we could keep her alive. We're doing all that we could. And it was determined that it was a bit too far along for us to be able to help with anything at that point. So, wow, it was a lot to process. And again, this this death and rebirth energy that presents Mm -hmm. itself Mm -hmm. with these animals, you know, Mm -hmm. as symbols Mm -hmm. quite often Mm -hmm. in my life. Same. Yeah. So such a powerful story. Thank you for sharing and thank you for the soul fam sitting with us for Mm -hmm. sitting around the fire and receiving this powerful share. And yeah, I just remembered those of us that were on the boat. I brought up some offerings, I believe some roses, some rose petals, some tobacco. And yeah, we gathered at the top of the boat and we're just giving offerings and prayers. And I don't remember the details of that, but we were doing remotely the work we were feeling called and compelled to do while you all were on that location. And again, Keep in mind, Soul Fam listening, you know, this is like day one of our trip. <laughs> like, you put a bunch of uh, <laughs> healers together on a boat sailing the Caribbean mm. Sea, and the first day we're encountering this magnitude of, of a <sighs> medicine Man. teaching. Yeah. We all, once everybody got back and we got the update, just continue tuning in, prayers, just sharing of where everyone was at a few of us on the boat, like in different spaces in terms of readiness for pregnancy. And so I even feel the emotion now and just bringing that up. So some of us women are 
tuning in specifically to that experience of this mama goat passing away during giving birth and having stillborn babies. It just like it was powerful medicine in so many different ways. That just being one example for some of us to kind of process our way through on that and I remember you and I specifically, because we're so connected to working with animals and animal guides, us having our own little one-on-one chats of what are you picking up on or like, what, what are you tuning into? And I was telling Daniel today, right before I hit record, that it was intriguing for me. It was this clear knowing I wasn't meant to do a full dip in yet. And typically, that's not the case, especially in a real time big medicine activation like that. It's like more common for me to like fully go in, go into all it's very easy for me to access in and explore what are the layers? What are the teachings? Where are we at? And it was not a calling for me to do that. And fast forward a couple months, and it wasn't until two days ago, sitting up in our ceremony space in the home, tuning into our conversation. And it was only then (laughs) that the goat was saying to me, now it's time, like, let's enter into some potential exploration of the layers of this. And so are you still feeling a good resonance for me to share some potential? Yes, absolutely. I want to hear what came through for you. Okay. I mean, I just want to say too that like, it's I'm not surprised that it's a joint force of a ceremonial space to honor an animal and energies that were taught by this animal. So Yes. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that in because I was also reflecting. So as you shared, when you came upon the goat to see what you could hold space for, facilitate for, and how it transitioned from light to dark and just that whole moment. And here we sit on solstice. On solstice. Yeah, I know. I know. So when you're saying that, and then also as you were talking about the very first shamanic journey and meeting the goat, you talked about it going over to these like crystal clear, like waters and the big Mm. rocks. And that was essentially the scene that we were in. This one island was filled with these like massive space rocks is what we ended up calling them. (laughs) Yeah, they look like pods that like fossilized when they were falling to earth or something. Yeah. There were some that were open, like almost like an egg cracked open. There's like something inside got out. And Yes, yes. (laughs) So we were amongst the vision that seemed pretty similar to the vision you first had on your first meeting of the goat. So I'm like just tracking all of this stuff here in real time with you. And so, yeah, I just want to let the soul fam know we're entering in from my perspective, like a really, how do I want to describe it? It just feels like an extra blessed space that Daniel and I are inviting you into, especially on Daniel's and his willingness to listen to the resonance to saying yes to what we're about to do and just like opening up to a potentially vulnerable space and myself as well, because what I'm about to do is to share with him some of what the goat was finally conveying and bringing forth to me potentially around some medicine layers for Daniel, and he has no idea what I'm about to say. So it's a vulnerable space for him. And then also for me, I'm always willing when I give readings like this to people, I am completely in safe space for the person to say like, none of what you said resonates. (laughs) And I could hear that from him. And that's fine. So but this is just like a very unique, legitimate ceremony circle that we're all now in together and holding space for. And so I just wanted to pay due diligence and honor that so this is not a typical podcast experience, and I'm just really grateful that we're going to go on this little live journey together. Same. It doesn't feel like a regular podcast experience to me either. 
either now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of energy coming through right now. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. I'm just going to start. I just have on paper here. I'm just going to try to track back into when I was talking with the goat two days ago and different things. So first of all, in feeling in, it very first took me to the fact that you've been struck by lightning. And I don't know that story at all. But I'm just wondering in this moment right now, as you have your eyes closed and are tuning in, can you think of how one of those two lightning strikes correlates it all to the goat experience? Well, they're all components of guidance that have been assisting me in amplifying to bigger versions and holding greater capacities in my energies. I feel like that's a connection. Mm -hmm. That's resonating because the very next point that I had on here, and a lot of these are like short notes from my full conversation, but the very next line below the question I just asked you, it was this strong message that I feel ties into what you just said of you expanding into greater layers of yourself or however you just said it. It's a message of, and I even put no in both capital letters, capital N, capital no, no scapegoating. It's a time of more fully taking things by the horns. And then this is where it gets more specific. So just continue to tune in. And again, if this is not in resonance, I'm totally fine with that. But where it started to get more specific was a messaging of not allowing your father to be utilized as a potential reason that you're not ready for kids or not ready to be a dad or feelings of uncertainty about becoming a dad yourself. It started to take me into that layer of information. And I don't know, again, I welcome complete honesty of what you're feeling when I say that. Spot on. It's right. It's uh, very resonant. Thank you for presenting it. There's, wow. I mean, there's so many pathways to you know, that I could share in this moment of all the feelings that are being felt. There's a big connection between the goat and my dad. There's another layer to the goat story where I received a message from a a Tibetan bone shaman. I was in Bhutan. And the instructions were to save a baby goat's life. The baby goat had to know it was about to be slaughtered. And you're going to intervene and save it and take it and take care of it. And you're going to take a lock of that hair to your dad to help him with his healing. But I think it's more around the the disconnecting from that energy that my dad came to teach me with and has set an example of in fatherhood and that there's been a huge fear around of my own stepping into that because of that example. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for mm-hmm. your honesty. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate because I definitely feel the palpable medicine and this what we're doing right now. And so just staying in flow and just seeing and then can just be on the ride with this. The word sacrifice and sacrificial came in and then it took me to the parakeets, those two parakeets. So Daniel, the last time I saw him, he told me that he had encountered two parakeets must have hit against a window in downtown Austin and you were able to bring one of them back to mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. through diligence and like spending about 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, I had to do energy work with it. I had to make sure it felt safe and rubbed him for a while, give him a massage. Yeah, finally sitting on my hand, it finally like snapped back into 
life force energy and was able to fly off. And so somehow then in my tuning in journey, I got taken to those parakeets and this message of thriving and challenging environments and making the most out of what one was given, being able to turn that into something filled with purpose. And then also the theme of love and romance coming in, because that is a medicine that parakeets are known to embody as well, which flowed into this messaging of forgive me if any of this feels harsh. It's just what I have on paper and what came in. And I just try to be as transparent as possible. I wrote time to let go, not use any excuses anymore around starting a family, asking yourself, am I honestly using blank, whatever blank is? Am I honestly using blank as an excuse? to avoid potential pain? Am I using this to pull myself out of starting a family? And then the final question, what does my heart really want? Mm, strong. Yeah. I appreciate the messages here big time. This has definitely been being processed lately for sure. Yeah. I'm going to ask you for those notes too. <laughs> yeah, I'll give them to you. And I want to honor the process and like, we'll go through this layer mm -hmm. and then you'll be on your own further process if you choose with it. And then the final okay. thing that came in was you've summited that mountain. That was the first medicine that the goat was showing me about climbing up the mountain and being able to take those like really like risky turns and paths to make it to the top. It was clearly shown to me that you've already done it, you did it. So now it's time to come down and be on the ground. Uh -huh. and, yeah. Yeah. So this one, I even put this one part in all caps. So, so you've summited that mountain, time to let go and to real change. And then this thing came in, it was like, these messages are that important. It was like, after I noted that you've summited that mountain time to let go and really change. The next layer was like, I want to reiterate to you again, Allison, these messages are that important. I was like, okay, like I hear you. And the last little bit was getting Daniel's attention through death via birth, letting the scapegoating die off so you can give birth. Mm, mm, yeah. So on, you know, many layers around birth right now, just like a physical birth of a child, but different things I've been incubating for a while that definitely mm. get to come forward to sense that energy coming online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's interesting is that I had really desired to have a conversation with you after the boat trip. Same. I know that it was like, you know, the move and everything that everybody I'm traveling and it pinged me a few times, but it kept telling me like, it'll all come in the right time. So I'm glad that this is the moment for it. I just mm. want to say like, thank you. I honor the messages in a deep, profound and true way. Because again, I'm, I feel it. I, my hairs are sticking up too. Where I'm like, yeah, okay. Like these are messages for me, mm. for sure. Mm. And they, they do resonate. So. I appreciate them. You're so welcome. And thank you again for your receptivity and your willingness to just be in this live portal, medicine yeah. portal together. Yeah, it's meaningful for me to be able to be expressed in this way with someone as well. So yeah, I'll give you the notes. And I feel like there's just maybe one last thing to kind of close this off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just thanking the goat again. Thank you for giving your life and presenting in the way that you did so that we would have the ability to learn from you and continue on a good way for our lives and continue on a good way of being even greater service 
through you and what you were willing to sacrifice and give and provide for us to be able to have those opportunities. So thank you so much, Goad, and thank you for coming to me two days ago and allowing me to have my connection point and communication point with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Goad. I also want to mention, too, that the final event was important was another important marker too. So on the, the last moment of our trip, Kieran and I, the Kieran, the captain and myself heard, oh no, actually it was Michelle, heard we were at the last spot where we anchored in. It was early in the morning. We just heard a goat. In the, I heard it too. You heard it too. Yeah. And so I was like, what? Like another goat. And so I went e-foiling, right? And I just remember you guys like yelling at me like, Daniel, you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. There's blood all over your face. Daniel's <laughs> zipping around the boat on this e-foil thing that goes so fast. Yeah, and he comes around on one of the sides and, like, he's just having the time of his life. He's smiling, you know, he's all wet, you know, and there's just blood pouring down the front of his face. And we're like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, I'm great. What's up? We're like, you're covered in blood? Yeah, I'm covered in blood. Like, the on the first run, it was, like, a great run, but I fell off and, like, it just came out of the water and the thing just knocked me in the head so hard. And mm. I was like, ow, that hurt bad and this was literally like maybe 10 minutes after i heard the goat okay so there's like whatever the sacrifice maybe or the mm. the blood sacrifice something mm. perhaps mm -hmm. i'm maybe making another connection if i go too far out just we can reel it back in but then the other part is that amber and i are walking on the beach the last walk on the beach and yep. she comes to <laughs> the horns of the goat or just sitting there perfectly on top of two rocks it literally looks like a goat in the ground with two horns and so i still have those horns it's one of those situations where i mean i felt like we were like in a way creating like a movie just because the scenes and just how all of this was playing out yeah. from day one having that goat <laughs> experience we lived on this boat together lived on the waters having these experiences and then you go to the last day we're together Daniel is covered in blood. He ends up spending one last honoring moment on the beach. He goes onto the island. And there's nobody else on this island, at least not in the part that we're on. This is not an inhabited. It's just like us. And he and Amber, yeah, like he said, went on to the beach, found two goat horns just sitting there waiting for them. Perfectly placed right next to each other on top of two rocks. So it literally looks like a figure, like just there. And then they make their way in order to get back on the boat. You have to swim, get back in the water, come back. And by the time you guys get back on the boat, I'm sitting in the area of the boat right at where you get on. So I'm like, I think one of the first people to see you guys. And they get back on the boat holding two goat horns and they had your blood on them. They had my blood on them from my head crack. 20 minutes before. That kind of moment in seeing your jaw just drops. <laughs> as many mystical things as regularly occur for me in my life, I never tire. These moments never get old for me. And I want to always be in awe of these miraculous moments. And yes, so he's standing there holding two <laughs> goat horns covered in his blood. And we're just like, wow. Okay, we're going to be processing this for a while. Yeah, yeah. When Amber put him in my hands, I was still bleeding. And then it was just like dripping. Trip, 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 trip. And I'm just like, well, now my blood's all over the, the goat horns. Yes. And you still have the horns. Yeah, I still have the horns. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And now here we sit. And so you were just able to be witness to Daniel and I dropping in again for the first time in like longer duration capacity because we were both getting the pings to text, to call, to have a conversation, but it just wasn't 100% lining. I never force those hits. It's like, I want it to be completely dialed in. And the hit would come in, it would be like 98%. And I feel like (laughs) a little thing where I'm like, hmm. And I perhaps it was because we were supposed to have this moment and generously share with the soul family sitting with us. Mm. Yeah, this is it. And it felt very potent, very alive, very on spot. I feel there's more processing for me, but like knowing that, okay, this, it, it fully resonates. It makes a lot of sense. There's so many connections that were made, were there already on my end that I'm mm. like, okay, so potent. Sister, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm. Uh-huh. You're so <laughs> welcome, brother. Hey fam, popping in here super quick to remind you that my best-selling Animal Power book and card deck are both available and out now. Animal Power book is 100 animals to energize your life and awaken your soul. It's a deluxe compendium of power animals. So anytime you dream of an animal or have an animal continuously crossing your path and you're wondering why is this animal showing up so much for me, just pop into my beautiful book that also has a gorgeous full page color illustration of each animal to learn its wisdom teachings and meanings so you can more deeply understand why that animal showed up in your life. An animal power deck is super fun to work with. You can pull a random card to see what animal has a message for you that day or ask the deck a specific question to see what clarity might reveal. Both animal power book and deck are available everywhere books are sold. The book has been the number one new release in shamanism and many other categories. You can also get them from my website. And when you visit there, allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. That's A-L-Y-S-O-N, allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. You'll also receive a free video drumming shamanic journey that I personally guide where you can meet your current power animal. I appreciate your support so much. And now back to today's show. Oof. Okay. So I knew that would be a substantial part of our journey, but I definitely also want to cover with you your weather working because we have not talked about that at all on Ceremony Circle. It's an area that is new to me. And so I would just love to be able to learn. I guess I'll start with, I don't know the story of you being struck by lightning and it's my understanding it happened twice. Was that correlated to you being called into whether working at all or is those yes okay yes but not right away okay Mm -hmm. so i'll give a little overview of how it all went down so in the physical you know summary of when it first happened in the year 2000 st louis missouri walking down the street bright sunny day i'm with a group of friends and then all of a sudden it was just like the gnarliest storm appeared out of nowhere it was like dark cloud from behind us like and it's raining like hard from like literally like super bright to like dark storm came. We're kind of hustling. We're going to go paint some graffiti underneath this train bridge. So like we could see it in the distance, maybe like five blocks away. That's where we got to go. Let's hustle up. And all I remember is seeing a flash on the floor, like bright. And then I'm like on the ground. And so it was like a, a metal light post. It struck and I'm like 
two feet away from it. So it like, it knocked me down. You got the blast. I got the blast from, you know, the conductivity of the metal and like whatever energy it was. And then also I got the ping. Like it was like, my ears were out. I just, all I hear was like pinging metal, like, (laughs) but I was in an ecstatic state. I was very happy. I remember like getting up on my feet, like I couldn't hear anything, but this ping and my friends were like, are you all right? I'm like, Ah, like I feel great. Like it was just wow. Like, so you, there was no fear. No, there was no fear. It was more ecstatic, like ecstatic energy. Whoa. Yeah. We continue to go paint. We got on the bridge. We're dry. We're painting. It's all good. And and so yeah, like I that even that story and even the second one. It like when it happened. It like yeah. Like remember the thing with the lightning? Yeah, whatever. And same the second time. It was just like the second time was different. It was in a house. The lightning hit the house. Yep. But that time felt a little bit more potent than the first time where like I woke up on my back. So I remember like it's raining. I'm in a storm in North Las Vegas, house sitting for my cousin. Uh, he's away. So I'm there in this new development. So I'm like literally probably the only person in this like track home development right. on the outskirts of Las Vegas. So I'm like very alone out there. And then I just, I just remember like the lights going out and and then I wake up on my back. You went out for a bit I went too. out for a bit on that one. I, I recall, because I don't know how long I was out for, but I was right. like, okay, uh, I came back too. And that one was interesting because I remember a big opening in my nose. I just, that's all I can really recall of the experience. It was like, like a popping sensation in the front of my face. Wow. And so when you came to, even though you didn't know how long you were out, did you instantly know there was a lightning strike to the house. Were you able to connect that dot pretty quick? Yeah, because there was a lightning storm going on outside. And so I was like, the house must have gotten struck by lightning. Wow. And so you're just by yourself and just picturing you being like, damn, the second time, like, yeah. or, you know, just kind of like all alone processing that you got struck again. Yeah. And and so totally. And I think, you know, again, I told a few people, family members, told my cousin, and then like with the limited bandwidth I had for like anything like that, it was just like, it just closed off right away. Yeah. And so like the memories got shelved. I'm in my addiction. I'm in drinking heavily. And so like, it was blocked. Like all the information, like something came in that I, what I can tell now was that like, I didn't have the capacity to receive what was to come next from those callings that were happening. So it wasn't until 14 years later, I had created enough space through sobriety, through plant medicine work, through consciousness work from like becoming aware of what I was doing in life you know, becoming a better observer of what I was up to and what I was shifting now and all these things. And then, yeah, it was a pretty potent ceremony in Amatlan, Mexico, where it was with medicine. And, but like, it was the, probably the, one of the most hyper-realistic spaces I was in, in a dark space. So it was like this, almost like a space like this opens up. I'm in like an alternate dimension and a man approaches me and he says, give me your right hand. And I put up my hand like this and he's wearing this like very interesting outfit. Like it's almost like very tight fitting, like almost like Star Trek. Like it looked like a spacesuit. is like what I recall. Symbols down the right side. And I'm trying to like look at the symbols. And then he's like growing as he's like growing, grabbing my hand. Like I'm in an alternate space. So like things are weird in there, right? Like different. And he looks at me, like gets real close to me. He says, today I'm giving you the gift of lightning. And he puts lightning into my right hand. And as soon as I see the electricity go into my palm, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my whole right side again is like the exact same sensation from St. Louis took me back to that moment. And 
other things happened in that ceremony that were pretty profound. There was, it was a big one for me where all these songs came to me. I'm like flying with this like brown cape on and like I'm visiting all these children and sharing songs with them around the world. It was like very potent ceremony, like post lightning being given me the lightning and remembering the thing that happened in St. Louis. And so the next morning I was sharing with the group in our unpacking and, and integration circle what had happened. And they're like, wait, what? You've been struck by lightning? What? And then so the door... Because in op- shamanism, for those who don't know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there is, according to some lineages and, and some shamanic ways and teachings, if a medicine person, a shaman has been struck by lightning, there's strong correlation to the path. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I'm glad that there wasn't a third time. You know, there's like, I finally had enough I had a capacity to, to make like, oh, okay, this is connected to this. Now the processing this, now the information is coming online. And was it supportive in that integration circle when some of the fellow people are like, hold up, wait, let's pause here for a moment with the fact that you just said you've been struck a couple of times, yeah. like helping that land. It really was, it really landed up more so that I actually found the tribe of weather workers shortly after that. So like the doorway open where it was like lightning strike, come to these ceremonies in Teposlan next month. I think there's something there for you. Someone in the group shared that with me. And I was like, okay. I went and, you know, went through the temple gate, you know, started these ceremonies, these weather ceremonies. I had no clue what, what was going on there. But I had to start, I started having like very familiar recognition with a few folks. I was like, oh, it's her again. Oh, it's him again from where I don't know but like they look very familiar and you know like starting to get to know a few people people are very nice like introducing themselves like how'd you find us I'm like I got struck by lightning oh honey you got struck by lightning too like oh wow she's like yeah I got struck through lightning hit me right through the head burned down my parents double wide in the Appalachians like I start hearing all these stories of like other people getting struck by lightning burning their parents house down by the lightning strike I'm like what what is going on right now? With my people, <laughs> my lightning people. Yeah. And so that was like, that was the intro. And another big piece to that is there was another dip into the trenches, into, you know, the, the training ground where like I was still, I got very coated with the medicine and there was a moment where my grandma passed and I didn't have the capacity to deal with it. So I'm like, drinking a 22 Heineken and I had got a bag of Coke after like a year and a half of sobriety mm. through medicine work. So there was a dip again, but again, like a very quick, like, all right, I'm not doing that again. But there was something really clear that came to me after I made it to those ceremonies. And also I had a divination shortly after that. I feel a few months after that, I was actually a divining by the, you know, the Capro Mayor, the leader of the tribe in this way, in this, in this lineage did a process on me where he's like, we got to see if this is like, you've had these lightning experiences, but we got to see if this is a path for you. And it was a clear, yes, it was, um, you know, a process of rubbing eggs on my body. And I've seen this. Rubbing eggs on my body near a fire. I'm like out in this little hut in the woods of Pennsylvania with, you know, just him and another woman and they're, you know, it's his assistants and okay. <laughs> they're wearing very interesting clothes. I didn't know like what attire really it was, you know, Later find out it's like Wichol, Marakame, ceremonial attire. And yeah, so like I'm by this fire and rubs the eggs on me and goes out, takes me outside to the sun. It's a bright sunny day, just like today. And he cracks the eggs into these two glasses of water. And 
he looks at me and looks at her and he's like, yep, it's a yes. And I was like, he's like, look. And literally the um, yolk of the egg had stayed on the top of the water and there were just lightning bolts going down to the bottom. (laughs) Wow. And there was other stuff too. In the other cup, there was like, okay, and this means this. And then, oh, there's still something here that you got to work on. So he's showing me all this stuff that I'm just like, whoa. The lightning bolt part was like, am I really looking at this? I'm like, what? It looks like a cloud with lightning bolts coming down that he just read from my Mm-hmm. being the somehow. The encoding. Yeah. <laughs> so even at that point, it was like, I'm, I guess I'm like a special case because there was still something that I hadn't come to grips with the addiction and the sobriety. I took another wild trip to Thailand and I remember speaking to him and um, the group chief about the potential of me being initiated that year. And it was like, we're going to hold off. You have something else to do still. So it finally came to me, this voice, it was like, okay, look, you can either sober up completely and have the capacity to do this work or you don't. That was the crossroads for me right there. And I accepted that I've been sober since. So five years, yeah. Ah, ho, ashe, wow. I mean, huge in so many levels, you know, to accept the call truly, fully, and to shift into complete devotion to the shamanic call. And yeah, the fact that just recently was your five-year, I don't know what you call it, sober Sober birthday birthday, or five-year sober birthday, (laughs) which, yeah, you know, five has some strong energy, like number of true change and transformation. So yeah, it felt like a powerful milestone for you. Pretty astounding, you know, just knowing you and having met you in the last year and a half or however long it's been, feel a close connection with you. And just, just knowing your integrity and your, how honoring you are with this work and just your languaging and embodiment of walking this path. I'm pretty astounded of how much you, you have evolved. And I mean, I know it's been longer than five years, but specifically since you said yes. Yeah, same, same here. And, and what I can share And what I was sharing to you before we started too, like about, you know, just coming back from these ceremonies in my fourth year of this work, it's like, it's just deepening a relationship with these forces, with these beings, with the ancestors that knew these ways before we did, honoring that, bringing them in. And, you know, from like the ceremonial patterning of like why we walk a certain direction to the east and why we make a movement to counterclockwise. And it's like this interlocking of these patterns of energy and coding that we have done before that we were like bringing online. So like everything sort of activates, you know, it's almost like a key fitting in and, and turning where like pew, everything is awake now. So weather work as a summary, just to share, it's, you know, I'm, I'm an initiated Nahua Granicero. Granger is the, the English translation of Granicero. Granicero means one who works with the hail and the storms. And so traditionally, in many cultures that lived off the land, I think that like what many of us are going back to now, right? We're remembering how to do this. There's usually one Granicero or, or two in a community that would petition for healthy rainwaters to come and also to petition for not 
too dangerous weather to come, like the hail, especially because when the hail arrives, it can knock down all the crops and no one gets fed for that year. So that's the traditional way that the Graniceros worked. And that was for it, it was for to like be in communion and relationship with these beings so that their families and communities could stay safe and hydrated and fed and nourished and all these things. So it's just harmony relationship. Right. And in harmony too, of like, you know, the animals having proper rainwater and... Totally. And the animals. And so like, if there's no animals, then what happens to us? We don't survive either. They assist in so much in, in their processes and their nourishments and, and all these things, their guidance. It's all of it. It's the elements. It's, you know, working with the weather elements, especially the rain, and also raising an awareness around this for community that we get to remember these, you know, these ancient wisdom traditions and ways to make proper offerings to the waters of the ground, to the waters of the sky, so that you have this long-term relationship, not just this like, hey, what's up? We're like hanging out for a little bit and then ah, I need you to do something for right, me. Like, yeah. peace out. Yeah, just this disconnected yeah. incarnation. Yeah, all of this, the, the phrase I've been like saying more than anything in the last month of podcast is just, it's two words. So it's my current favorite phrase. It's in relation. In relation. That, that's it. It's real simple. So simple. The most powerful <laughs> spiritual teachings are the simplest. Mm -hmm. It's right there. In relation. In relation. And then what does relationship mean to you? Like a really like, okay, like what about your family, right? Like it's like whatever that means, right? But it's like the longer term ones where we're like, this is, we're in the human family here too. And like, this is also part of our family. So we have to nourish each other, exchange. There's reciprocity. It's like, you're giving us so much, you know, the sun, these codes, this growth, this energy, right? The water that we drink, hydration, more codes, more information, the animals that they feed, that, that feed us, that teach us. It's just all in harmony. So it's just, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Relationships. And so with the weather working, I'm so intrigued. I have a couple of questions. One, because, I mean, there are, of course, some similarities in our shamanic paths and ways, but then there's also a lot of differences. And you, you know, have been initiated specifically into certain lineages and, and teachings and ways, the weather working being one of them. And so can you just explain a little bit to people? Because perhaps my whole premise of being here is like, shamanic re-education and, and just helping people reconnect and remember because I equate shamanism to just it's life. It's our way of having a foot in the earth plane and in the unseen realms. But this being one facet of that whole big picture, how does one, you know, you, you were led into this lightning soul fam, lightning community. And so that was an entry point. But then how did you then begin the actual steps of becoming an initiated weather worker? How long did that take? Where were you doing your training? Just paint the picture a little bit more. Sure. So Tepoztlan, Morelos, Mexico is where our home base is. And it's an international group of weather workers that will give you a little bit of background there in a moment. But I got initiated in 2018. And again, like I told you, the, the fork in the road the crossroads moment that I had I was like, okay, I accept this now. And then it, it opened up and it happened. So there's a crowning that takes place, a crowning into the lineage. And it's like this almost, let's relate it to like a honeymoon phase where you're like, 
it's like a courtship that starts happening, like introduction of yourself. And I'm here now, like starting to get to know you. And then the following year, it, it's a vow renewal ceremony, essentially. So every year I go to Mexico for a vow renewal, the sacred vow that I accepted that I get to remember and deepen my relationship with and learn more components about it. So it's like there's small bits that present itself and then there's more bits and more bits and more bits. So like you get to start putting them all together. So we open the rain season every year, which is at the end of April, early May is when, you know, they say that the rain season starts in the central highlands of Mexico. But also they say that in many wisdom traditions, there's several lineages of Granny cells that go to this particular mountain range and it's Iztatihuatl and Popocatepetl. It's the two volcanoes, the masculine and feminine, right in the center of Mexico. So in my tradition, other traditions say that the actual weather patterns of earth start there. They begin there and start spiraling around this whole thing. So we go and make offerings. The making offerings part is done in, in a, a pretty specific way. There's certain types of offerings that we do, um, certain rituals, certain prayers, calling in certain ancestors, certain power places, I would say like pyramids and different power centers, energy centers of like ancient times that we we collect these energies in. And many people in the group have relationships with these places. They've spent time there, you know, that are like, have been in the lineage longer than I have, you know, that like have this, again, a relationship, a connection because they've spent time there. They've done work there. They've done their spiritual work there and, you know, collected things from these environments and have them on them now and things like that. Yeah. So four years in for me and on the weather working track. And it's interesting. There's, there's other stuff opening up there now too, where there's an adjacent healer path. So as a weather worker, you have a special, if you're being called to do healing work, there's a, there's another special track for you in the lineage to, to begin training in. And that's my next step. Is that the one you were talking a bit on the boat? About? I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Tepatiani um, is, you know, my application's in and I'm just, you know, I think that soon, yeah, I don't know exactly when, but that's, that's come in where it's like a deeper, more pilgrimages to different sacred sites and more training, a longer training. You know, there's been a few groups in the, in the lineage, in the tribe that have gone through the, the process. And I think the first group, it took them about eight years. The second group was six years. So I don't know, you know, yeah. you know, the, the information seems to be, you know, it, it changes and consolidates and, you know, things like that sure. along the way. I'm sure it also like who's in the group and just, yeah, where, where the state of the planet is at the current time. And there's, yeah, I'm sure there's so many factors I would guess. Yeah. And so just to reflect a little bit again with the soul fam sitting in the ceremony circle with us, just the beauty and the power of some of these ancient wisdom ways and lineage traditions, you know, speaking, really speaking these sacred oaths, taking these sacred oaths and living in devotion, adhering to these particular traditions and and ways and deepening the walk and deepening your connection with all of it through through the oath that you were led, called into and decided to be in devotion to. And and like he said, yeah, I mean, there's countless different types and forms of these lineages around the world that are shamanic based, each operating in their own function and form and sending their each uh, their unique transmissions. And 
I love to hear these stories, even if just a few details are shared, just to, you know, expand awareness into what it takes, you know, to to walk these paths in these ways. Because just that one example, I know of people that go on these very long pilgrimages. There are oftentimes very strict and set rules that you have to adhere to. And it's a full, it's a true commitment. I would say yes to that. It's, it's a sacred vow. It's something much bigger than, but also related to your other relationships that you have. You know, it's like, again, like the moment where it was like the voice came down. It was like, you can go this way or go this way, but you can't do this if you're still doing this. So you got to choose. And it felt like, wow, okay, this is a big purpose of mine here. You know, I'm reading the signs finally. I was finally like able to like, okay, make the connections. Like this is happening. And well, all I can say too is like four years in, it's like just again, like I'll reiterate this like deepening of this relationship. So when the rains come, I I go outside and I pray and I make offerings and, you know, with certain things, Gopal and you know, really just thank you. It's just like, a, it's like deep relationship, but like really just deep gratitude. Like thanks for showing up and watering our land and taking care of our animals, taking care of our people. And so then eventually too, there's been moments where I've had to go out and whether it's getting too crazy that I'm like, okay, I, mitig- I get to mitigate. You know, I get to be like, hey, I'm here. I'm in a good relationship with you. Please keep my community safe. And it's interesting. It's interactive. You got to have that relationship built. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. You can't just go out and be like, Start stop. Trying, <laughs> thinking that, uh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I would not advise uh, yeah, <laughs> trying to tell the storm energies uh, from a less connected, reverent place that you think you're in charge. Yeah. I mean, some of the stories I have heard too that are just like, wow. I mean, Don Lucio Campos, the Capro Mayor that was the, you know, the Mexican farmer got struck by lightning. I think he was 19, somewhere it was like pretty early on, got struck by lightning. He was in a coma for a few years and his family kept him alive in the, just in the bed at the house. Like wow. He was still breathing, but he was not in his body. So in that time, when he came back, like he had all this information of like, weather beings and what he was being shown and and all this information and like who he was going to meet and pass this lineage on to, which is David, my teacher, and how it was going to happen. He already, they already shown him the so whole thing. So he was thing. busy at work while being in a coma. Yeah, he was busy at work <laughs> in weather realms mm-hmm. for years. Well, I just literally felt <laughs> it, a blast, like a, a wave blast through my head. Yeah. And so like, again, just, you know, for the soul fam, it's like these things are beyond regular comprehension, but also accessible if, you know, attention and offerings and relationships are, are built and held and nourished and, you know, things like that. Yeah. I was just being taken to when we were on uh, Virgin Gorda and the, um, what was the day? It was, um, Sunday, the, the, my gosh, I feel so bad. I can't remember what we call it, but remember the scriptures we were, the Bible scriptures were being oh, read. Um, oh, oh, it was a uh, good Friday. Good Friday. Good, good Friday. Friday. That was potent. We were read some, uh, John, well, I don't remember what gospel it was. Gospel of John, I believe. And it was, I, I went into a trance state. I was like, not there for a while. 
Same for you? Yeah, but in a very different way. But I'm thinking of your weatherworking abilities. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, okay. So that moment, like I went into a deep transmission of like just remembrance. And it was like, this is so spot on, even though it is this, it's this Bible passage. It's related to the bigger picture. And then one moment I just like, I remember I just, I don't know why, like I was guided to like, it's almost like something pushed me and this like seawater just starts dripping out of my nose. And I was like, this is weird. And then all of a sudden it just starts raining. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. It was a bright, sunny <laughs> day, the middle of the day. We're just in the these space rocks of Virgin Gorda. And our chef on the trip um, was heavy into the Bible. And um, yeah, she was standing atop one of the space rocks reading these scriptures on Good Friday. And all of us were, you know, just honoring this time and space when you know, from a sunny day, Daniel conks out, the weather worker conks out, drips seawater out of his nose and it just starts raining. And remember <laughs> how the the rooster or whatever, she remember when she spoke of? We heard it. We heard. So yeah. from the verse, she spoke of like a rooster. Like what, the cock crowing. The or cock something. crowing. Yeah. And then there was literally a cock crowing next to us. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like a uh, the baths, right? It was like, yes. uh, yeah, yes. the, baths. the baths. That place is special. Oh my God. Beyond. I hope like, I can go back. That <laughs> place. Wow. I, I was just looking at a few photos. Again, I'm reviewing. I'm just like, what? <sighs> oh my God. Right. And so work in progress and also just, it feels good to be here in Austin. There's been a lot of people lately too, like, you know, we're in an extreme drought here, but it's not very uncommon that during this time, there's not a lot of rain. So, you know, I'm feeling into that and my position here yes. and my, my anchoring in and my putting my roots down here. Okay. I'm, I'm community weather worker here. Like start now it's time for me to gather the force of community of like, okay, who's here to protect the water, to be in a relationship with the water. So if you are, holler. Because <laughs> we're going to, yeah, let's just start. You know, we'll just you can start making offerings in a good way. Just raise this awareness of these relationships to be built and to be nourished and uh, held, right? Wow. So if there happens to be someone listening right now and they felt, they felt a thing lift up when you put that invitation out a few seconds ago, would they DM you on Instagram or, and just say like, Hey, that resonated when I'm in Austin. And sure. Yeah. DM on Instagram is perfect. And then we can all probably end up sending my phone number so we can talk. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. And you intuitively telepathically segued in because I literally have here Texas rain prayers because, <laughs> you know, that was on my mind. Dear sister, Shiva Rose. You familiar okay. with Shiva Rose? She was at my book party. Oh, um, wait, we met, I believe. Okay, yeah, at the book yeah. Party, she's yeah. amazing, and she lives out in the country. But she's they, her and her husband have land, and they're growing crops. And she is always, and I, and I feel totally fine that she'd be fine that I share this little bit with you all. But she's concerned a lot for the rain because in that area of Texas that she's in, it's especially known to be even drier. drier. And I sent her your information a couple of days ago, just because I'm like, every time she's a tea ceremonialist and one of my dearest friends and 
typically every time we're together, she's expressing just like, oh my gosh, but the rain, the rain. And I'm like, Daniel's a weather worker and he specializes, you know, especially with the rain and the waters and like in a situation like this, and then we can head into the closing ceremony thing. I could, I feel like we could literally sit here and talk for 10 years straight, but um, we haven't covered half of anything. <laughs> we'll have to go for uh, volume two. Yeah, totally. Part two. <laughs> like, is there in adhering to the ways that you've been taught, is there anything you would be able to share right now? If we'll see, no, I can already tell it's probably not really the right way. What can someone do? Because they're not initiated and they don't, they're not in the relation yet with the rain. But if like Shiva, for example, she's praying for more rain, like, is there something that she would be in accordance to do? You know what I'm saying? Because she's not initiated in the way. I feel like everybody has their right to express themselves and to pray for whatever it is. And really like the clear vision of what it is and, you know, maybe perhaps why the waters would be more beneficial at these times. So creating your own prayers and really just beginning to initiate a relationship with the water, for instance, or whatever it is, you know, make, making an offering in your own way. Um, it's just really the awareness of it that it's like actually like interactive and they're beings that take care of you. Um, uh-huh. So like something around reciprocity, you know, like you're, you're receiving something, but you're also giving something back. I think that that'd be a good first, first start okay. right there. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also just um, because this is a, a newer lineage way for me and my brain too. Um, could you give an example? I'm trying to formulate and put words to what I, I'm curious about. Like, um, if you get clear in your wisdom and in your relation as a weather worker, if you get super clear um, that there is a location that is calling for you to do some some for real weather working with, wh- what are you are you doing? Are you doing a specific ritual and a specific prayer, a specific song of communicating and, and calling the rain and the waters to that location? Or how does that work? So I am working on this right now. Um, there is some information I'm waiting on, but it has, there's a few different parts of the protocol. It's um, finding a sacred weather site and this, there is something here. I just don't know exactly what it is yet. Um, and it's, it's also bringing in the ancestors of this land that were working in these ways um, before we got here. You know, so f- and also figuring out how my tribe is connected to them right. because they usually are you uh, know, from like way back. Yep. So getting that information in order. Um, yeah, that's my first step. Mm. And then also it's it's really bringing community into that, like creating some sort of ritual space that we all get to, you know, partake in that prayer and those offerings together. So it's like bringing that force together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, keep me abreast. I definitely will. Yeah, for sure. Because I definitely honor the waters. It's very clear to me, you know, um, it's, it's known that underneath Hill Country and Austin, there are all of these sacred aquifers, aquifers yeah. and mm-hmm. sacred waterways. And I feel pretty darn clear that it's the uh, intelligence and codes in these waterways that called Luke and I here. And um, 
a bunch of others here. I feel the same. Yeah. And many, a lot of people, I mean, literally I meet people every day that like are, I can tell on the frequency, you know, you see, I can see like the brightness in, in some folks' eyes. I'm like, oh, okay, I remember you. What brought you to Austin? Like something about the water. Like, I'm like, want to go to Barton Springs? <laughs> Just yeah. Jump in, you know, it's like, we're, we're, it's, we're lucky. It's some, something special here. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. So thank you, Waters, for calling. Thank you, Waters. Yes. Yeah. And I've been feeling the growing importance. In fact, um, myself and Shiva and some of other uh, close sisters that we gather regularly just to hang out as humans and also be around the fire, also have tea ceremony, all the things, all the things. And um, we've had a lot of specific conversations around the water activation here and how to honor and like even, you know, we got into like this hour long conversation simply about um, peeing on the land and like allowing that, you know, that circuitry. It's like I'm giving my sacred waters and allowing them to communicate with you, aquifer sacred waters that then and then the in relation thing, right? It's like, I don't know, we got into this whole water pee Austin aquifer conversation for quite some time. So my point being, um, I have been feeling more compelled to get into a deeper uh, connection with the waters here. Yeah, so. no, I, it's funny. Like I knew you were going to say P too, because I, I feel that the same way. Like um, someone asked me the other day, they're like, damn, Austin, you guys getting a lot of like those chemtrails? Like, don't you think that, are they fucking with the water? Like, you know, like on, on a conspiracy track, someone was asking me about like, chemtrails and like you think someone like nefarious force is going to mess up the waters and I'd be like well if they did it doesn't matter because all I got to do is go pee in it to work to help it yeah yeah <laughs> we're getting the same messaging additional and, and, and it's so funny I, I'm not kidding you peeing on the land is one of my favorite things to do it's it's up there and I can tell, like, when I arrive to a place, it is a very loud and clear call of, like, yeah. pull the car over mm -hmm. here, pee, pee here. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm the same. It's yeah. so intriguing. <laughs> and when I'm doing it, especially in that, like, guided way, it's like, it's a specific feeling. It's not just relief because I'm peeing. It's like, it's a whole other kind of spiritual connection thing going on. So I feel like that's a really cool place to end, um, peeing on the land. <laughs> uh, just to let you all know, um, yeah, I'll have to have you back if you'll come back. Definitely. And we'll get yeah. more into your addiction, sobriety journey, the plant medicine, how you reconciled all of that, which I love to talk to about. Because, yeah. you know, Luke, similar, you know, journeys of, um, you know, he's 23 years sober, I believe at this point and, you know, his own journey of, um, being called by plant medicines as well. Uh, and then of course we didn't even get to talk about your human tuning, which, <laughs> you know, Daniel is an incredible healer. And, um, although I don't know if you like to use that title, but he does facilitate healing sessions, both in person and virtually. So of course I'll connect his website and how you can best get in touch with him. I have personally had a session with him on said boat, on said magical Caribbean seas. And it was really amazing. Such unique ways that you have 
with this technique. And um, I ended up calling them the zip zaps. And like, <laughs> as everybody would get their sessions, um, I'd be like, they'd come back down. Every, you know, everyone's just in this whole other zone and state after exiting their session with Daniel. And then throughout the night during dinner, I was like, oh, you got the zip zaps because it's like this, it's human tuning. I guess just give them like the briefest in case someone wants to work with you, like what this is. I know it's so hard. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I do my best to, to speak about it as clearly as I can too. So it's a mix of body energy and sound frequency healing work. And, you know, I've learned from a very masterful rolfer. Uh, I've learned from someone that was very well-trained in tendon ligament work and I trained in Thailand on body work and sound healing stuff and uh, Sage Academy of Sound Energy. And I think that really what's coming through here is my own line and lightning and weather and all these components that I'm that I'm working with and also like, you know, going into this healing path in the Nawa tradition. Um, so this is just what's coming out of me to share right now. Um, and it's funny, I had someone on the table yesterday and she didn't say zip zap, but she said zip zip. Zip zip. She, she said zip zip. And I was like, it's funny because I was like, just started laughing. I was like, you call zip zap. And she's like, I felt this whole thing from my foot to my thigh, to my my hip, to my back. And I was like, zip zip, gone. And it just it just left at the end of the ceremony. So it's... um. A lot of there's a lot of medicine songs in this in the in the sessions where you know I know that in my own healing journey, um, sound frequency was a major component in you know helping me access parts of myself and creating space and really like I would like to, I would like to say is like since I had th these like dark warehouses that I were that I was working on like when the light switches started turn, turning on I had like all this room for this new coating. So I can, it's especially helpful for path shifting and stagnant energies and things that, you know, may be lingering like old caches of information, you know, whatever type of addiction to it, I feel it's like you know, I'm overeating or like I'm watching too much TV and then like I, somehow I can track like where things are stuck and I'm, I just, you know, I'm just a helper. I'm like a guide of like, okay, well, how does this feel? We'll move this and then. I feel energy coming out of my hand. Yeah, it's on? super cool. It's very unique. And I've had countless different types of modalities and sessions and healings throughout the years. And um, yeah, I never had anything like it. So if this resonates, I highly recommend you looking into it and getting yourself a dose of the zip zaps. Thanks, um, Allison. Yeah, you're welcome. And I also, uh, the last little thing I'll say, and then I promise we're going to the closing ceremony is that, um, yeah, I can always tell when I'm working with an energy worker, or especially a body worker who is in a strong, clear connection to the unseen realms, be because when they are, a lot of different guides will present themselves, different illuminated beings, um, and when I was with you, I've never been flooded with more, you know, during our session together. Um, it was just like guide after guide after guide after ally after ally after light being. I mean, just they were just like coming in. I was like, oh, homeboy is dialed in right now because they were just there's so many. I can't even remember. I remember I think Ganesh came in. <laughs> Lately, I've tried to um, well, I work with groups too. And I'll do like, we're like, all right, let's uh, go in and get the, let's go find the power animal. And everybody's like. Dude, it was more like the power zoo that came through. It was like, like 12 animals came. What do I do? And I'm like, okay, we're gonna have to 
start speaking about this differently now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was at one point I remember I couldn't keep up with all of them that were presenting. <laughs> I was just like, okay, you know, at this point, like I'll let him know Ganesh was here and the other 500. Thank you, you know. So, <laughs> so good. So thank you for being who you are and your devotion and for your generosity and like sharing all of this, your time, your stories, um, your willingness to be, yeah, and that like open, I have no idea where this goat uh, story might go, but I'm, but I'm here for it. I really appreciate that you being of service in that way for myself, yourself, and everyone who joined us. Um, so we have the good, blessed fortune of closing today's journey um, with whatever you are feeling compelled to share with us. I believe it's a song of some sort. So I will let you take it away and just let folks know if they should sit up lay down, uh, probably not drive a car, but. Okay. Yes, definitely do not drive a car. And if you are tuning in at this moment, um, just begin to take some, a few extra steps into more of a relaxed space. So leaning further back on the chair, if you want to lay down, um, now's a good time to do so. I am going to share some words, some prayers and some sound medicine with you um, on this beautiful summer solstice day, um, giving all and receiving all in a, in a healthy, connected way to these natural elements that support us, this beautiful sun that um, just helps us grow. So my intention is to, you know, all this like receiving of this beautiful light today, just, you know, shining it back to you all so that you guys can continue to shine to your friends and your family and your community. Um, so taking some deep breaths as you lay down or sit down still, just come into the space of pause and listening and feeling. Taking a deep breath through the nose, gently releasing out the mouth. One more through the nose. Gentle release out of the mouth. Giving thanks for this day for this world, for this universe, giving thanks to all the natural elements, the fire, the earth, the air that we breathe, the wind, clouds, the thunder and the lightning that bring the rain, the water, water the ground, the oceans and the springs, the water of the sky, the rain, Koyoshaki, sky mother, thank you. Thank you for all of the plants and the animals and the birds. All of you who assist and enhance our lives with your medicines, with your energies, with your support. We thank you all for the gifts that give us strength and support so that we may continue to walk this path for the benefit of all of our relations.
And gently making your way into presence, into feeling, into your physicality, wherever you are, feeling the calmness and the love. Thank you, brother. So nice. Super soothing, nourishing, such good medicine. Yeah, I definitely went into a different zone with that. Thank you so much. Ah, yeah, I was like, no, make it longer. <laughs> oh, goodness. Mm, it's always such a funny pivot now where I'm like, tell them your website, but tell them your website, how they can reach out to you, <laughs> find you. Thank you. Um, Whole Sky Healing Arts is my website. So the Whole Sky Instagram, Whole Sky Rescue, R-E-S-Q. More interesting stuff about that when we mm-hmm. when we talk again. Yeah. Um, but Whole Sky Rescue Instagram. Um, and then you can just reach out and just message me and I'll send you my phone number and we can have a chat. I'm here for you. <laughs> In whatever way resonated um, on this call. And thank you, Allison, so much truly an honor and a joy to to connect with you in this way um and hope, hope my hope and 
you know, desire here is that like some of this information can be helpful for others to in their journey and their process and just even inspiration, whatever it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I second that. Yeah, that was my intention before um, any guests arrived today for interviews. And uh, yeah, thank you, Soul Fam, as always, for uh, your support and your devotion to joining each week in these beautiful medicinal around the fire times here on Ceremony Circle. And we will sit with you again next time. Woo-wee! What a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Allison Charles. So it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show. And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all, if you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.